In addition to taking care of one another inside the church, what if we developed a lifestyle of taking care of the most needy outside the walls of the church? How would that change the community and our city? Bob Moffat, president and founder of Harvest Foundation in Phoenix, along with Pastor Julian Gibb, talk with pastors and leaders about how sacrificial love by those in the church to those in need outside the church has helped people see and embrace Jesus Christ. It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Stories of the Kingdom. We're great to, it's great to have you with us this afternoon or whatever time you happen to be listening to the podcast. But in this, uh, in this podcast, in this broadcast, we try to tell stories of God's kingdom. And these stories are meant to give us ideas of how we can be the hands and feet of Jesus more effectively in our daily lives. And today with us, um, and w- with me and my co-host, Julian Gibb, we have Corey Casperson, who is one of the pastors of the Young Adult Ministries at the Redemption Church in Gilbert, Arizona. Corey, welcome. We're glad to have you with us. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're, you're so welcome. Um, we're anxious and looking forward to hearing about the experiences that God has given you not only personally, but also to train the young people that um, uh, are of which of whom you are a shepherd at um, at Gilbert uh, Redemption. So, how many how many young people do you have? It's been an interesting season with uh, COVID kind of preventing meeting together. Now that we're starting to phase back in, I think we've had a, a spike in attendees because everybody's super excited to worship Jesus together. So last night, yeah, right. Last night we probably had around 130 young adults gather. Wow. So it was, it was really fun. Yeah. And what's the, what's the usual number that you have? So I would say at the end of last year, we had about 80, but it always fluctuates throughout the school year, you know, and people go back to school, but you know, in this time, there's a lot of online school happening. So not everybody's going off to college. So, right. yeah, we're just kind of seeing what the Lord's doing in the season. It's really interesting because when you look at the attendance levels of many churches, it's gone down. But yours has done just the opposite. You've you've increased. And that's a really, really good sign. So, yeah. Corey, what, in, 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 a, in a short sense... What is your primary objective in in your program? Yeah, our, our primary objective is to equip the young adults of our ministry, which is called 710, to be conformed to the image of Christ. And so we really seek to disciple our young adults. And I, I like to think of the word uh, disciple as like apprenticeship. So like when you apprentice under somebody, you you like you're with them all the time you watch their every move you learn from them you listen to them you try to copy their way of life and so in the same way we really try to do that for our young adults where it's not just learning from Jesus but it's also learning from Jesus as we go and love people you okay. know like the best way that you actually learn to love and to live like Jesus is by actually doing it not just reading 
books about how to love people. Right. You know, it, it sounds really interesting to me. And as I compare that with what most most equipping discipleship ministries are like, you know, the churches, it's it's like, okay, we've got these three discipleship manuals. Yeah. And we're going to be studying them together. And when you go through them and you graduate from the third one, we'll give you a certificate and now you're a disciple. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. that, that sounds a little different than what you're doing. It's not that we don't have any of that. It's that you don't want to get get rid of learning about the Lord, you know, in the scriptures, because that's how we're informed to follow Jesus. But it can't stop there. And I feel like a lot of times in in church ministry, it can stop there. So we've kind of like really tried to flip flip it a little bit. Like even in our small groups, for example, a lot of people think you go to a small group to just learn about Jesus, to then go and live like him out in your workplace or your school wherever God has placed you. But we kind of really emphasize our small groups, our environments for the one another's, like all the different one another's we find in mm-hmm. scripture. So it's where we actually practice loving each other. And it's the community from which we go out and actually love the community that we're placed in together. So we really try to like mobilize our small group communities to actually be missional Um and not just in evangelism, but also in our witness, kind of in okay, the well, well, talk about that. How, how does that work? So we, um, there's a lot of freedom up to the leaders to get creative. I, I always like the best way to love people. And a lot of ways is you can use your own creativity to love people. Um, but we, so we do a kind of a couple of things as a, like bigger things as a ministry throughout the year. We do, uh, it's called, we partner with the city of Chandler and the city of Gilbert. It with it's called for our city so there's a couple neighborhoods and like real needs in the city that maybe are on a kind of poor social economic level and we go in and for example this last year we went to uh like downtown chandler and there's a neighborhood that needed a lot of restoring there's families there um that are elderly and they aren't able to either paint their house or do the yard work that they need to or else they'll get fined or there's handicapped individuals that just don't have the ability to do some of the yard work. So we will go and partner with the city and kind of uh, be a little taste of Jesus by uh, cleaning up their yards, having conversations with the people who we get to come alongside and serve. Um, We also, I mean, our church also partners with uh, a school nearby, a Title I school. Yeah. And um, like I heard this story a couple of weeks ago that for group, um, instead of just having a Bible study, they said, all right, here's what we're doing for group tonight. We're all going to go to the store and we're going to buy a bunch of school supplies. We're going to buy backpacks for these kids that, that need it. And we're going to go and like, that's how we're going to like practice being Jesus tonight. Okay. Um, we go Corey, ahead. this yeah. is wonderful. I mean, uh, you know, all people being helped people being cared for, people being provided for, um, you know, not with any strings or uh, expectations, certainly a desire, but no expectations, uh, just just love being lived out. But, um, you know, why, why the Jesus bit? You know, I mean, um, so uh, I know of other humanist organizations that provide for other people. Why, why bring Jesus into the mix? Well, what's the difference? Yeah. Well, I I mean, I think it really comes like a lot of times Christians and people who aren't believers can do the same things, but it really comes down to the motive of like, why are we doing what we're doing? You know, and we believe like, first and foremost, Jesus was the creator of the world. 
uh, we are created by him and for him. And he created us as his people. We are created in his image to go and reflect who God was to the world. So it's not just us being nice to people to give kudos to ourselves as the church, but it's like when we love our community in this way, when we love our brothers and sisters in the church, when we love our neighbors who don't know Jesus outside, we're representing who God is to the world. And I, I use this language in a lot of ways. When the church together lives under the rule of Jesus, which is living under his, the reign of love, we're actually giving the world a picture of what this world was created to be. Amen. And we're, getting, we're giving them a preview of what life will be like when Jesus' reign and rule is fully acknowledged here on earth <laughs> as it is in heaven. Amen. So, and ha- has it provided you with the opportunity? Uh, have, have people like sort of you're cleaning their front yard or you're taking out the trash from the back alley? Have there been opportunities for people to say, "Hey, look, Corey, you're uh, you're in your twenties. You know, you shouldn't be out going crazy, ruining your life. You know, why why are you why are you doing this?" Yeah. No, I, I one of my favorite. Like there's so many different stories and for the sake of time, I can't share all of them, but I love, there's a, another, there was an individual in our ministry who was just being present to where God was put him in his apartment complex. And uh, he was like kind of walking around, saw an individual on the side of the road who was blind and most people just drive by. He uh, pulls over, picks up the individual And uh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but literally drives around and runs errands for him. And it's when you put yourself, not just like, hey, I'm going to like bless you and then get out of town. But like when I like attach myself to you, like I'm going to love you until like your needs are met and or and up and through that, like, well, there's a relationship here. Then the conversations of Jesus start coming like, why do you do what you do? Like, what do you do for work or like I go to church? I like I love Jesus. It's like it's just so natural that when you actually like do the things Jesus said to do, people are like, this is very unique. You know, this is very mm-hmm. unique. Yeah. What, what what powers you to do that? I mean, you know, it, it, it sounds exhausting, you know, so I mean, and draining and uh, you know, why, why, why do it? Why use your life to do these things? Yeah. If you don't mind, I, c- I can share a story of uh, something that happened about a month ago to me that can kind of answer that question at the end. But I was, uh, I was about to write a message because we're going through a series that's called Love Is. And we're kind of filling in the blank where we, we're really just slowing down and looking at Jesus' life and go like, how did he, Jesus like actually love people? Like, how did he actually love people? And so I was writing a message on the most popular, but I put under practice teaching of Jesus, love your neighbor as yourself or do to others as you would have them do to you, the golden rule. And um, I'm, I'm walking... Uh, actually, I'm sitting at my kitchen table right here. I'm uh, I'm just trying to write this message, and I just cannot like get this message figured out. Like, I just know like whatever I have here is like not what the Lord fully wants me to say. So I'm like really frustrated internally. I'm frustrated. I'm anxious. I tell my wife, Crystal, I was like, "Hey, I got to go on a walk and do some praying." So I go on a walk. I go on a route I don't normally do. I go on a longer walk than I normally go on. And I'm walking kind of down this canal path for, I'm not kidding, three quarters of a mile. It's like 100 degrees, 105 degrees in Arizona at this time. And uh, I'm just praying like every single step. Like, you know, those prayers where you go like, I don't have anything clever to say. I'm like, Lord, just please help me. Like, please help me. Give me a story of love. That's literally quote, like what I'm praying. Like, give me a story of love. Give me a story of love. Give me a story of love. Like over and over and over. 
and I'm about three quarters down the path and um, I'm a, like, I'm, I'm a heads down praying and I look up and look to my left and there's a, a man there who's homeless and I never see people who are homeless in this area of town specifically like kind of where I'm living and in this area and immediately God goes, this is what you're doing tonight. <laughs> you're gonna, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna love, you're gonna love this man. So I go up to him, and I introduce myself. Say, hey, I'm Corey. I was on a walk. I saw you here. He introduces himself. He goes, my name's Dean. And I'm like, all right. So I'm like, tell me your story, Dean. He goes, uh, he's like, so I, I live in California, and I came out to Arizona because my daughter Tiffany has been in jail for X amount of years with a drug problem. And I'm like, Dean, you must really love your daughter. If you're coming out here with no place to stay, like you just have a bike and you just, just to see your daughter. And then he's like, yeah, it's like, it's been a really rough time. Like it's so sad seeing my daughter in prison. I've been in and out of prison and I'm about to just kind of like leave. (laughs) And the Lord goes, uh, what were you about to teach a message on on Tuesday? And I was like, okay, like Lord, this like here we go. I was like, Dean, like what can I do for you? And I and the Lord really like led me to ask that question because when you ask somebody what can I do for you, you become you let that person dictate how you love now and you don't control like I know what's best for you. Um and so I said, What can I do for you, Dean? And he goes, I'm just trying to get a bus ticket back to California. Um I like, I just don't have money to get back home. And I said, all right, Dean, like I'll, I can pay for your bus ticket. Not a big deal. I'm about to leave again. And then and God goes, if you were Dean, what would you, what would you want him to do for you? Mm. And God goes like, so like he doesn't have a shirt on right now. His, his other shirt's extremely dirty. He's like, like, go get him cleaned up. Like let him take a shower back at your house. I was like, all right, Dean, I'm going to, I'm going to help you. Um, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you take a shower at my house. I said, so we walk. I was like, do you just have to walk with me back to my house? It's like three quarters of a mile. So we're walking. And um, like for three quarters of a mile, like he's telling me his story. And it's interesting when you listen to somebody's story, you realize like everybody has a story and everybody has a reason for the things that they do. And I'm walking next to Dean and I'm not kidding. My mind was brought to Matthew 25 when she says like, when you care for the least of these you're doing it to me. Yeah. And I felt like the, the presence of Jesus, I literally felt like I was walking next to Jesus for three quarters of a mile. <laughs> we get to my house and he goes, uh, he goes, Corey, you know what's interesting? Two weeks ago, um, another Christian, I met another Christian. He told me about Jesus. He told me about the cross and forgiveness and his name. And I was, and I just kind of like made a mental note of it. And I was just like, because I hadn't told him yet that I'm like a pastor. <laughs> and um, so we, we go inside. I let my wife know what's happening. He comes in. I let him use my shower. And then the Lord's like, so if you were in his shoes, would you want to send him back outside to sleep in 105 degrees on a, on a concrete bench? And I was like, the Lord's like, what does he need? I was like, so I got him a, a couple pairs of shirts. And I said, all right, Dean, I was like, I'm going to, I was like, I'm going to put you up in a hotel tonight. He comes downstairs, he meets my wife, and then he ends up spilling his Gatorade mixed with alcohol all over my kitchen table. And it's just like, we're we're laughing, like not a big deal. It's just like, we're super happy you're here. And then he sits down and he pulls out a, like a picture out of nowhere. And it's a picture of his, his ex-wife 
and then his two daughters. And he goes, this daughter like hates me now. And what he was essentially saying is like, I wish I could, he goes, I wish I could go back to this moment. And he, what he was really saying is I wish I could go back to a time when I was loved again. Mm. And um, that broke my heart, like absolutely broke my heart. So make a long story short, we go to the hotel, I pay for a room. I, and I said like, Dean, I gave him my phone number and my name. And I said, he says again, of course, I can't get over that. I met a Christian two weeks ago. And at this point I told him I was a pastor. And I just said, the last thing I was able to say to Dean was like, Jesus, like Dean, I just want you to know, like Jesus is coming after you. Like, just like, like, like a, like a big, like, please see like what's happening and recognize like Jesus has been loving you the entire night. Um, and to circle back to your original question, I, what gives me joy and keeps me going is this, when Jesus said, I came to give life and life to the full, and then you actually watch his life and it's giving up his life and is living sacrificially for others. It's like, maybe we've we've turned life into the full into something else that we think it is. And the secret to life to the full is actually sacrificial love. Absolutely. Like it's like, that's how you experience. And the only time, and this is, and I'm young and I know that, but most of the time when I experience extreme fatigue and like, I'm just like bitter, I don't want to love anybody anymore. It's, it's when my personal relationship with God has kind of been put to the side. And then I try to love, you know, Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. But if you abide with me, you can bear much fruit. But whenever I'm abiding with the Lord and in communion, listening to the spirit in prayer, being filled up from the scriptures, I'm then filled up to then go and love. I think a lot of us, we try to love without getting filled up by the Lord and we find ourselves exhausted and worn out. So, Corey, what did you preach on on that Sunday? <laughs> yeah, so I uh, I preached on the golden rule. It's funny. I I came back that night, and the Lord goes, "All right, now you're ready to teach your message." He wasn't gonna let me. Uh, he wasn't gonna let me teach about the love of Jesus without learning to really practice it. Right. Not that that's like a one night kind of like thing. Like there's like this is a, a lifestyle that I'm still learning. I'm still learning to to go into. So, Corey, um, you know, with the, with the story you're saying, you, you were walking with Dean and, uh, you know, it was 105, you were tired, you were stressed about your sermon you had to do and et cetera, et cetera. And yet you said you felt Jesus's presence next to you, you know, and, and can you describe that a little? And the reason I'm asking is many people think, well, I'm not going to become a Christian because then I'll, I'll, I'll trash my life. You know, it'll be miserable. I'll be serving everyone, you know, I'll be tired, I'll be burnt out. No, 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 I, I, Christianity is, is, is not for me. What would you say to that, to that sort of, that myth of Christianity is going to make? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, would, I would say to the person who just feels like Jesus is going to, it's going to be a waste of time, it's going to be worn out and all that stuff. I would just say, people say that, a lot of people say that and they haven't tried. Mm-hmm. Like they just assume they've watched people or they've had a bad experience with a, a, with a Christian who or somebody who claimed the name of Christ and was just a terrible representation of who he was. But like when you, if I always go, if you were actually created by God for God and God is Jesus and he is actually the designer and the creator of this world and he designed you to experience joy and he says it's found in sacrificial love. Yes. In that moment, what I was like, what it clicked for me was, I was just like, 
I was physically tired. I had a headache that day. I was stressed about my message. But there's something about the presence of Jesus that brought stillness and joy, like like legitimately, like stillness and joy and peace, like beyond human understanding. Mm. And it's just like you can't like, I, I mean, it was emotional. Like I don't, and it's I it's hard to explain like a something that's like happening to you. But I was like, most people just like, have you actually tried it? <laughs> you know, like we imagine what it could be like, or we talk to somebody about what it could be like. But like, have you actually tried to like? try to love people in this way and like ask, like, listen to the Holy spirit. Like, like what is the Holy spirit saying to you? Who is he leading you to? Is it a neighbor? Is it a coworker? Is it somebody at your church, at your small group? There's a million people we could love. And a lot of times because there's so many people, we get paralyzed and we don't do anything. Corey, how, how, how do we, how do you train your, your, your kids, your young people? to be sensitive to those opportunities that God puts in front of them. Um, I always, I always laugh. I was like, I, I always, I, I literally said this on that message that I taught. I said, have you ever noticed that all the, the best opportunities to love people come at the quote unquote worst moments. And then I just asked the question, I'm like, do you think that's an accident? You know, I was like, if we could start recognizing the interruptions as divine appointments. Amen. It like, and then like you, like everything in you in that moment is going to be like, I just want to, like, I have, I want to go to the gym. I want to go, you know, home. I, I, didn't, I need to get to bed early. But if you can recognize like God's actually trying to interrupt me so that I could give his love to somebody. Mm-hmm. And then you take that step of faith. I think that's when like the, the, the key that unlocks joy and peace and love and a deeper intimacy with Jesus. Like that's where it starts. Wow. Well, I- yeah, so as I listen to you, it seems like you've got that strategy of looking for those inconvenient opportunities that it's it's not just a happenstance, it's something God is bringing into your life. But you also, as a group, you take these young people together and you... You help them go out. You create opportunities for them. So it's both creating opportunities. And I'm saying this for pastors who may be listening. It's creating opportunities, but it's also training people to be sensitive to those, <clears throat> those inconvenient moments, those interruptions in life, which seem like an interruption, but maybe the Holy Spirit is providing an opportunity to listen and to respond. Absolutely. Yeah, it reminds me very much of the passage in in um, in Philippians and in Hebrews, where Paul says Jesus was a servant who was obedient, humble, and sacrificial. But in Hebrews twelve two, we see that he did that joyfully. The cross wasn't joyful; it was a horrible interruption in his life. But because he knew what that was going to produce for us, it gave him joy. And if we want that kind of joy in our own lives, we need to be like him. Obedient servants who are humble, who are sacrificial. And it's that that brings that kind of joy. For those of you who are listening, we just... um, Thank you for listening 
to this broadcast and podcast. And we want to thank you, Corey, for being with us and sharing your testimony. And at the same time, encourage those who are uh, are listening to look for those opportunities that God is giving you to demonstrate his great love. Father, we ask that you would help us today and this week to look for and be sensitive to those opportunities that you are giving us to be Jesus' hands and feet. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, so, Corey, in, t- in 10 seconds, give, give advice to someone who's listening and has heard what you have said. Uh, what would you say to them? Be present and prayerful in every moment to listen to what God is asking you to do. Well, amen. Amen. Well, thanks, Corey. It's been wonderful uh, learning from you and hearing about what Jesus is doing in your life. Thank you. Jesus defines discipleship as come and follow me. Next Monday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360, we'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy and beginning to see real change in their communities. If you have a personal example of how you are being the hands and feet of Jesus with your neighbors, we'd love to hear from you. Enter your story at harvestfoundation.org. That's harvestfoundation.org on the Contact Us tab. You can also subscribe to the podcast on The Kingdom and Its Stories on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.